Welcome to the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 40-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Bliss Brook. When it comes to success in network marketing, who better to learn from than leaders who have actually done it? Listen as Richard interviews top leaders and gives you a behind-the-scenes look at how they did it. You'll get incredible tips and duplicable actions you can do right now to build your own four-year career. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's easy-to-use tools that will help propel your network marketing business to the next level at blissbusiness.com. Hey everybody, Richard Bliss Brook here for Hero Call number 110. That's right, in the last three and a half years, I have interviewed 110 network marketing, super successful asset income legacy builders from our profession. Every one of them built in a legacy company, they built with ethical leadership standards. They are role models in our profession and they are proof positive that you can do it. You can build an asset income in a legacy network marketing company, a company that has been around long enough to prove that they'll pay you if you build it. And today we have from the cornfields of Iowa. <laughs> She'll even turn her camera and maybe show us the cornfields. Oh, sure. <laughs> Here you go. Well, there it is. There they are. <laughs> if you can do it from the cornfields of Iowa, you can do it anywhere in the world. This is Wendy Backe from Carroll, Iowa, who is one of the top leaders in Yoli, Y-O-L-I. Say hello, Wendy. Hello, Richard. <laughs> hello, everyone from the cornfields of Iowa. <laughs> well, actually, you look like you're in a very beautiful home that was built in the cornfields of yeah. Iowa. So I yeah. like your kitchen. Beautiful. Uh, I noticed it doesn't look like anybody lives there. Where's all the like food and like the stuff that's normally laying all over the counter. I shoved all that in the sink <laughs> behind the counter. Before we come it's on the floor behind the counter. <laughs> no kidding. It is a basket I'm, of laundry. I'm sure you should take us over there and show us. <laughs> I love that. That's We're funny. Good. <laughs> all right. Well, I got Wendy Backy on this show because she is a seven-figure earner in network marketing, and she did it the right way. She did it the high road way. She did it in a legacy company with real products and real customers. In fact, they have so many customers, they don't know what to do with all of them. <laughs> and so we're going to hear Wendy's story because she is an extraordinary inspiration to everybody that wants to create the same kind of success in network marketing. So are you ready to rock and roll, Wendy? I'm ready. Beautiful. So first question, who were you? Where were you and what were you doing before you had ever heard of Yoli? Uh, well, I was um, a stay-at-home mom. I had worked in advertising and sales um, before having our two girls. And once we had our second daughter, 
we decided that um, kind of the commute and the cost of daycare was a wash. And so I decided to become a stay-at-home mom. My husband is uh, or was a general contractor. And um, unfortunately, we didn't think about how living off of one income might affect uh, things for, for us. And so we ended up um, after Hurricane Katrina hit in Louisiana, relocating there because there was an abundance of work for my husband. And um, things were really wonderful. Uh, his business was thriving and um, we had bought a gutted home after Katrina and completely redid that home. And then a year after he got it done, it flooded with Gustav and Ike. And Are those two uh, other hurricanes? two hurricanes back to back. Um, and it was also the uh, summer of 2009 when the economy was plummeting and um, things just really quickly spiraled out of control for us financially. And um, we ended up filing for foreclosure on that house because we were requ required to elevate our home 11 feet in the air. And we had just used all the insurance money to put the house back together as is. So. We relocated back to Iowa, where we originally started, and to start all over at the age of 36. And that was quite humbling experience. Um, I ended up picking up a couple of odd jobs, and my husband started rebuilding his construction business. And um, yeah, I was going to work before the kids were up in the morning and not coming home until after they were in bed. and. That was an, an emotional struggle for me. And I don't know what happened. I mean, just, you know, we knew what we had to do. We just kept doing it and working our way through it. And by the grace of God, I turned to Google because I was just kind of struggling uh, physically. Google? Google. I Googled. <laughs> I Googled body acidity, believe it or not, because I had gone to my chiropractor and she said, I, she said, girlfriend, you, she gave me a saliva test. And she said, you're super acidic. I said, I have no idea what that means. She said that most degenerative disease thrives in an acidic environment. And um, you need to stop drinking your six or seven Diet Cokes a day. You need to start eating primarily green leafy vegetables. And I think I probably just laughed at her face like, that's probably not going to happen. But I know that I went home that night and our girls were five and seven at the time and i thought financially we're struggling struggling emotionally we were struggling and if i lost my health what would the girls have left and that's when i turned to google and by the grace of god found yoli and watched a simple video that said you can transform your life physically emotionally and financially and i thought sign me up <laughs> so <laughs> all right so i always like to ask people what what did your sponsor say to you that compelled you to look? And sounds like your sponsor was Google and it said, uh, transfer your life, transform your life physically, financially, and emotionally. There's yeah. a good pitch. And so I'm curious. So you Googled acidic, what? Body acidity. Body acidity. And did Yoli show up on the first page? Um, no, Yoli didn't show up, but, uh, not on the first page, but, um, I'm not even exactly sure, Richard. Like it was just, I think I saw that acidity, Yoli was talking about pH balance. And so there was some education there. 
And then I saw that um, there was opportunity for a business. And personally, that's what I was most attracted to because of our financial situation. Um, So what I did do is I called corporate and they essentially said that um, you had to have a sponsor. And so what I then did was I went back to Google to find somebody that was maybe local or more central to me because they actually gave me a name of somebody in Florida. And I found a gentleman and his wife that lived in Central City, Nebraska, and got on a phone call with them. And by the end of the phone call, I felt like I had just made great friends. And um, they invited us to an event that they were having, a small little event at, uh, uh, what is that place called? Buster's? Um, Gosh. Oh. I I should know it. I've done enough meetings in Iowa. Buster's (laughs) where? It's in, in, in it's in Minneapolis. It's uh, Dave and Buster's or something oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Dave and Buster's, yeah, yeah. In the back room of a little restaurant. And um, so they were there and one of our founders, Robbie Fender, was there. And um, I don't know, they just cast a vision for what was possible and we got excited and felt like we made great friends. And Good. All relationship-based. And you were uh, like ready, absolutely ready. I'm curious. Wendy, what did you know about network marketing before you were introduced to Yoli? Had you ever done it before? Had you ever been prospected before? What was your attitude? So I had been um, talked to about network marketing in the past and um, I had not done it. I had purchased through it, but um, I was, I thought it was a bunch of smoke and mirrors possibly. Uh, my husband for sure thought it was a bunch of smoke and mirrors. I remember our first conversation with um, our sponsor who said, um, oh, you guys could go diamond in six months. And my husband said, you know, he's a contractor, bull rider, not no BS kind of guy. Uh, and he says, no offense, but diamond doesn't really mean jack to me. We have bills to pay. So like, <laughs> what, what is that? Because when he said you could go diamond in six months, I'm like, oh, that's exciting. And Shane goes, even know what that means right we we always get stuck in our vernacular which is not very attractive to people that don't understand it right okay you got started uh so tell us about how you started uh and you know obviously you're on this interview wendy because you have built a giant business and you make an extraordinary income we're going to get to all that and the numbers but i want to know how you started what was the first 90 days like? What kind of coaching did you get from people about how to launch? And how did you hear that coaching? Did you launch fast? Did you sit around and think about it for three months? What did you do? Huh, I don't have the most conventional launch, I guess. Um, you know, that evening we were encouraged to make a list, an exhausted list of everyone that we know. And as excited I was about having the opportunity to earn, you know, $1,000 to $1,500 a week, which was what he was referencing, um, I was overwhelmed by the list of people, I think. Uh, I, you know, again, I had been a stay-at-home mom. We relocated to a new area. I didn't know a ton of people. I came home from that event excited for what was possible, but then full of self-doubt. Um, and you know, the people I loved most said no to me right away. Um, And so a little defeated. Um, Of course, I had the family talking about, you know, 
<laughs> that I was not thinking logically. Yeah, they're um, supposed to do that. That's a test. If you can get through your family, then you got a chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so I really sponsored two people in my first year, which was my dear friend, um, who is my chiropractor, Angie, and um, my husband. <laughs> so that's about all the further I made it. In the, well, not just that. I did some health fairs, some booths, and there were customers that came in um, and customers that fell off. I mean, it was a it was a learning experience for sure. Okay. So will we call it a really slow start? Yes. <laughs> okay. So, uh, and by the end of the first year, Wendy, okay, you, did you really only sponsor two people or two people? Well, I mean, like, there were customers in there, but only two members. So, yes, there were customers in there that gave us volume. All right. So did you have any income by the end of the first year? Oh, yeah, yeah. About, um, oh, gosh, I wish I would have looked this up for you. But I think I recall somewhere between eight and 12,000 maybe in the first year total income like maybe 8,000 yeah first year total. right okay well that's enough to keep you from quitting yeah yeah and, paid for my products and travel right. yeah free product and covered your expenses perhaps which is not unusual at all in fact we would all be well served to tell the the ambitious person not the person who's just looking to make a little bit of money but if somebody wants to build a big business we would be well served to coach them Hey, how about you look at the first year as break even because you're going to need a lot of training. You're going to have some travel and you know, this is not one of those things where you make a lot of money fast if you're in a legitimate company. So what did the second year look like? Richard, really quickly. I want to just in that first year, I remember my husband saying, Oh yeah. When's the big money going to come? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. And I said, well, my sponsor says it's a lot more upfront effort for a little pay, and then it starts to balance out, and then the tables start to turn. So yeah, it's going to push the right. snowball uphill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So second year. Okay, so second year, um, we had sponsored a total of 21 members then um, in our second year. And, you know, in our system, we don't have a way of looking to see how many customers we've actually sponsored. So That's okay. You guys have a lot of customers. We have a lot of customers. So tell me, what was the difference in the second year versus the first year? What was your attitude? What did you do different? Why did you start enrolling members? Did something happen? Did you read something, listen to something, go to an event? Did you have some kind of epiphany where you said to yourself, okay, I get it. I'm going to go start building a team. Well, I think in the first year, I was afraid to try, really try, for fear of failing and confirming what everybody thought would happen. Uh, and then I went to an event. Well, another thing was, um, you know, I was just tired of living in that place of being broke and tired. Right. And so we were at the bottom, you know, of the valley, and I was ready to hike out of there, really. And our first event came in October of 2011. And it was the stories, honestly. It was the stories of people that just, you know, had life happening like I had happy, had happened and um, they had come out of it. And they used this company as a vehicle to change their life. And I was tell me, about, just, tell me about that event. Where was that event? How much did it cost to go? How many people were there? 
Okay, so that event, um, my sponsor called me between 20 and 30 times encouraging me to go. And I was in the mindset that Shane and I needed to go together. And ultimately, somewhere between the 20th call and the 30th call, um, I decided that for things to change, you know, if I wanted something different, I had to do something different. And Shane ultimately decided to stay home. We came up with the money somehow for me to get there. I would imagine the cost of the ticket was probably $129 or something where, like that. Where Plus was the event? Salt Lake City, Utah. Okay. Was it a national convention or a regional meeting? National convention. Yep. Okay. And okay. there were probably 200 people there. So. The early days of yoga. And we okay. sat in the very back row. Um, Angie, like a week before we went, uh, Angie also agreed to go with me. So we sat in the back row. I can see exactly how you sat in the back row, too, just like this. <laughs> this would be you in the back row. <laughs> Not so much. I mean, maybe a little. Maybe a little. <laughs> but by the end of it, I was sitting out in our Adirondack chair, looking over the mountains of Salt Lake City, saying, just so convicted that what had happened for them was going to happen for us. Yeah. So I want to stop you there, Wendy, because um, I don't know, maybe somebody, if there's comments that are going these things, I don't know if there are, but <laughs> uh, I wrote a blog about a month ago about leadership development and the connection between leadership development and events. And if this, uh, for people that are listening, if this is interesting to you, I would encourage you to read that blog because it is the most potent strategy for developing leadership in our team is to get people, even people who don't think they are leaders, even people who don't want to build a business, even people who are just customers, the most pivotal thing that you can do is get them to an event. It doesn't have to be a national convention. It could be a local event. You know, event could even be a Zoom event. Something where there's a group consciousness that they can <clears throat> themselves in. And that group consciousness is casting, all casting the same vision. All casting the same vision of, hey, look what we can do. Hey, we're all doing this. Hey, we can all do this. Those kind of events create leaders. And they're not created over a long period of time in the traditional way that we think about creating leaders, which is, you know, let's get a lot of training and let's practice our leadership skills and like that. The quickest way to get a leader on your team in network marketing is to have an existing leader have one of those defining moments where they declare, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I can actually be a leader here. Because if you have a thousand people on your team, you've got 500 leaders, customers, <clears throat> just retailers, builders, plotters, strugglers, they're leaders in other areas of life. They just don't see themselves as a leader here. And your sponsor, Wendy, who is your sponsor? Brian McCoy, Brian and Sarah. Brian and Sarah McCoy. I mean, why aren't I interviewing them? <laughs> I need to interview them, right? Yeah. I, want to interview, I want to interview them too, because that is such deep wisdom and experience to call you however many times they needed to call you just to get you to the event, as opposed to, well, let's train her, let's coach her, let's try to, you know, how do we get a leader, you know, like that. Instead of all of that, let's just get Wendy to an event because she's a leader. She's a leader in other areas of her life. We know that, you know, if you're raising kids, you're a leader, right? 
you know, some people are leaders in their community and their church and their career and their family. They just don't see themselves as a leader here. If you give them an opportunity to see the possibilities, which doesn't very often come one-on-one, me telling you, me telling you, it really happens when I can dip you in the consciousness of 100 or 200 people or 2,000 people. So what did you do when you went home from Salt Lake City? What was your attitude? What was your strategy? What kind of results did you get? Uh, Well, one of the defining moments at conference before we left was Sunday morning. We had a youth pastor who gathered everyone. um, And he just said, if you close your eyes and you imagine you're at a railroad crossing and the train is passing in front of you, you have no idea once the train passes what to expect on the other side, right? Your life is the same. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but God does. He's out there orchestrating all the people that are going to come across your path. And in that very moment, I let go. Uh, I just unattached myself from the decision that people would make. Um, I, I, I just visualized God plucking people and putting them in this road as the train passed and tomorrow would come. And I just hoped that I wasn't going so fast, so dang excited that I just plowed all through them. Um, and I just realized that, you know, I'm not in control of people's timing, circumstances, mindset, financial ability. You know, God is my part. My job is to walk out of here enthusiastic about what we have to offer, to cast a vision of what's possible and to just simply share. And so that really changed a lot of things for me. Um, and in addition to, you know, Brian and Sarah pouring a ton of belief into me when I had a, you know, significant self-doubt. So um, he just simply said, if you have the heart to serve, you can do this. You really can. Beautiful. I love that. I can't wait to meet them. Um, So you went and sponsored 21 people. um, And what came out of that? Like what happened by the end of the second year? Um, By the end of the second year, um, you know, we were, we were at that mark that Brian's or the second year, no, the second year, our, our income had doubled and um maybe quadrupled quadrupled in the third year yeah what was your income we can talk about that here oh okay so um, so the second year uh you know after coming home from conference we did do exactly what brian said we could do which which to me too is positive expectancy forward speaking you know because he said it was possible i believed it was and so um, we went diamond in six months, which is a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a week. And then, um, listen, I didn't I didn't read any of the books, Richard. I didn't have my hands on your uh, you for your for your career. Posted I didn't have for your career before then. I literally, it felt like such a grassroots effort. It felt so organic. It was so fun. I found joy in the whole entire journey, um, and. And in the third year, so the second year, the third year, it quadrupled. So we went from, I mean, you want me to say? Well, we don't need to talk about money that much because that's not important. But what I think is important is team size. So your second year, you sponsored 21 people. Do you remember how many people you sponsored the third and fourth year? I think there's a total of 42 people that we've personally sponsored that are members that's grown into a team of 10,000-ish um so that's where we're at that's it and how many years was that how many years is that uh well eight years not including the first year that i really didn't engage right so eight years from 41 people to 10,000. now one of the things i want to point out 
about your build, Wendy, is you have personally enrolled um, about a third of the people that most mid six figure, seven figure earners that I interview have personally enrolled. Most people are enrolling 40 people a year, at least the first couple of years in order to find their five or six that are gonna drive legs deep. What do you think is responsible for you finding those legs and that leadership out of 41 people? You have a very high conversion rate. Um, well, I believe it's honoring the relationship over the transaction and meeting people where they're at and understanding that everybody's on their own journey. And, you know, part of the small, maybe, number in sponsorship is that I look at this as like, I live in a community of 10,000 people. And, um, you know, I don't need to sponsor everybody. I want everyone to have a piece of the pie. And so if there's 50 people in a room, and I know all 50, I'm going to probably sponsor the five or six people that are closest to me, pour my time and energy into them and help them have success so that they will in turn, pour, turn around and pour their time and energy into the people that they love and care about most. And inevitably, all 50 people are going to be on my team, but I'm not spread so thin that I can't adequately help any one or two or three or four or five people have great success. Right. So this is probably a strategy that is naturally born out of, um, if, if, I, if you and I live in Carroll, Idaho, I mean, Iowa, and I talk to you about getting involved in Yoli, well, our names lists are probably the same. You know the same people I know. We all went to school together. We small town, right? So that makes a lot of sense. Pick the ones you want to work with and then let them build teams from the whole database. Kind of a taprooting approach where you just drive people deep. Like Relationship build. is the glue. Yes. So that when the next best thing comes to town, people aren't jumping ship for it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about that because that's big in network marketing, you know, most people join their network marketing company because at the time that it's presented to them, they say to themselves, well, sounds like a good idea at the time. But then, you know, six months later when they're only making a few hundred dollars a month and most people are telling them no, they either decide, well, it seems like a good idea to not do it anymore or something else comes along that promises you know, all kinds of glitter and gold, and they decide, well, it seems like a good idea to jump on the new shiny thing. So speak to that some. You have a very stable, rock-solid, customer-based income. Your income isn't based at all on people joining your team and rank advancing and, you know, all of that. You know, we're the fastest-growing company in the, in the history of Carolina, Iowa, <laughs> your income is based on repeat customers. Speak more to how you have used relationship, how you have treated people, how you have served people such that they haven't left you when things were perhaps not so good for them, when things were tough for them. Well, one, we have had people leave. And my feeling on that is that um, everyone's on their own journey and you can love them on the way out so that you can love them on the way back in. Because uh, inevitably they always come back. Um, 
again, it's just pouring your time and energy um, into people. You know, I have a couple things, do more with less people, go slow to go fast. And, and those philosophies have served me well. And um, staying in connection with people, keeping the conversations going, um, you know, honoring that life has highs and lows and uh, education is, is a big part. Not this, not that I necessarily do a lot of the education when it comes to products. I'm a little bit more passionate about the um, opportunity to, you know, financially change your life and to be exposed to a community of like-minded people that just set your soul on fire. So, um, but yeah, just those little so things. How, how have you educated people on the financial opportunity? What are the things, like if I'm somebody on your team and I'm very keen on doing something. <laughs> show me that again, I missed you, that. You, you educate them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a fine book you have there. Excellent choice. Uh, well, how have you used the book and what else have you used to educate people? Uh, stories. One, um, stories about where we started, because I want people to be able to relate and, and get them thinking, yeah, me too, me too, me too. And then, and then where we've gone, because they will be thinking then, I want that. Like, if that's possible for you, perhaps it's possible for me. So stories are the foundation, because people don't really understand this kind of thing yet. Um, but I love your analogy in the book about the family tree. And just like a family tree grows, some people have one or two kids. Some, some of your children may have 10 or 12 children. If they're crazy, right? <laughs> and there are a few crazies in, in our profession. So um, it just builds out over time. You show up to a family reunion and there's, you know, 200 people, but you only had two to start. As I interviewed somebody the other day that was the youngest of 15 children and his mom was pregnant with him when his older sister was getting married <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> that's, that's crazy right see there's a few crazies out there <laughs> <laughs> right hey prolific we'll call them prolific um the givers of life yes amen for sure so what about personal development, Wendy? I, I, I think this is a rich subject for you to talk about because, um, you know, as, as you know, people tend to rise very quickly in network marketing through the comp plan up to their level of self-esteem and leadership and confidence and, you know, how they hold themselves. And then they tend to flatten out. And of course, what they think is, oh, it's the products, it's the competition, it's the compensation plan, it's the company did this, company did that, or my people won't do what they're supposed to do. Uh, but you realized early on that if, if you flatten out, if you plateau, that's all about you and who you are and your leadership and what you're bringing to your team speak to that some like how did you realize that what was the impact it had on you and and you've done a lot of different things around transformational development tell people some of your path there uh well one of the first things i realized is that if i wanted to help other people grow i had to first grow myself uh and 
And I tend to do things more in service to others. Like that makes me take action versus serving myself. And so once I realized that, I did start investing time and money uh, and taking some trips to different um, personal development retreats. One was yours, which was digging in deep to um, some self-limiting beliefs that I had about myself and, um, and the books and the, um, you know, following mentors that, you know, I've never spoken to, but have helped me a ton. Um, Be specific because people want to know. Okay. So who do you read? Who's coached you? Okay. So Richard Brooke, I would highly recommend some coaching from Richard. Uh, And Richard, I love your coaching just because it's no hold bars. Like I think people sugarcoat things so much and I just want truth spoken to me. And I like critical criticism. I think it helps me grow. I mean, I need people to pull back the layers so that I can um, work through the hard stuff to so that I can better serve people, right? Uh, Rachel Hollis, I love her energy. Um, uh, Brendan Bouchard, um, I have a personal mentor that I work with on a monthly basis. Um, his name is Scott Mann. He's a retired Green Beret. Um, he has story coaching and um, he's done two TED Talks. He's just a, a phenomenal personal mentor, not just inside of this profession, but just in life. And I've found that having a mentor when it comes to just life in general has really helped me considerably inside of my network marketing business. And I'll never forget one of the things that you said um, at the retreat is that if you'll just go with me on the fact that it's more about who you're being than what you're doing, I can help you. And so I'm trying to focus more about who I'm being and how I'm showing up uh, as a folk, as opposed to what, what I'm just doing because we're all human beings, right? Beautiful. Okay. I love that. So, uh, Wendy, if, if I was, um, I think most of the people that listen to the hero calls, um, they're struggling and they're upwardly mobile for sure. Like that's what they're looking to do. They're looking to build a big team or they probably wouldn't have found the hero calls to study. Mm -hmm. Um, but they are struggling. They're not at that place where they're crushing it yet. And, and the perspective that inspires me about people listening to these calls is it could be somebody, you know, this will air in, you know, late 2019, but people are going to be listening to this in 2020, 2025, um, 2030, I don't know, maybe 2040. I still listen to Earl Nightingale's The Strangest Secret, you know, which is, I don't know, 50 or 60 years old. So, and then people are, are going to be listening, not just in Iowa, right? People may listen because they're in Iowa and you're in Iowa, but people are going to listen all over the country and people are going to listen all over the world. So I want you to think about there's somebody out there that's struggling to build their business. They're in a company they love, they're, they're, they have products they love, but of course the struggle is believing, seeing that they can actually do this in spite of all the obstacles, all the resistance, seeing that they can actually do this, believing that they can actually do this, and then sustaining that for a long enough period of time to create that, let that geometric progression catch up with you because 
you know, in the beginning, you can work real hard for your first year and end up with, you know, five people on your team. That's not very inspiring. But next year, that five can turn into 50. And a couple of years after that, they can turn into 500 and then 5,000. Speak to that person that doesn't see that in their bones and needs to see what perhaps you saw in Salt Lake City that transformed you in an instant from somebody who wasn't sure to somebody who was sure. Well, I'm looking for a message that I want to read you because, um, you know, I, I was, <laughs> I was not talented at this in the beginning. I was not skilled. Um, but so I'm going to, as an example, uh, my girlfriend, Tanya, um, I sent her a transformation kit to get started. She tried it for a few weeks. She sent it back in the early days. Oh it crushed me, you know, um, and, and I, let's see, what was it? Just um, maybe less than a month ago, I continued to stay in touch with her over the years. And less than a month ago, um, I made a post on Facebook about something. She sent me a message. Gosh darn it, Richard. I wish I would have. Uh... Anyway, the point of it is that circumstances in her life had changed. And so I'm always thinking about persevering with an extreme amount of patience, right? Making progress. And because I persevered with patience for her, her circumstances in life changed. She went through a divorce. She was in a different situation now today than she was nine years ago when I first talked to her. Um, again, honoring the relationship over the transaction throughout the years. She reached out and just said for three reasons, um, she needs to learn more about Yoli for, for her health and her well-being, for her financial situation, and because she wants to be an incredible role model to her children. And so we got together, she came on as a member, and she's, she's seen the, the possibilities, you know, we've cast a vision for how her life can look differently in a year or two or three or four or five or eight years from now, and, and she's ecstatic. So um, be here in nine or 10 years from now when life circumstances change for the people that you shared with initially that said no. Um, and sponsor people for what you can do for them and not what they can do for you. Uh, gosh, having a positive expectancy was key in the very beginning for me. So even when things, when I did have those wall kicking moments and I had those no's and I had self doubt, I just remember sitting back in that Adirondack chair at that first conference and looking over the mountains, envisioning what our life was going to look like. And, and I didn't know, I didn't put a timeline to it, honestly. Um, it wasn't like I set a goal to be earning a seven figure income ever. I just wanted to be able to make $500 a week. And once that happened again, it was just a ripple effect. So positive expectancy, continue to make progress over being perfect in any way, shape or form. And, um, yeah, those things. There's, uh, there ought to be a book in you. Sounds like there's a book in you, Wendy Bucking. Well, I, I keep thinking I'm going to write a book called um, Hearts on Fire, but I don't know where to start. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep working on that. Oh, my gosh. You think I'm going to let that one slide? <laughs> I might have to do, sign up for some more mentoring, Richard. <laughs> All right, Wendy, so uh, sometimes I turn the tables 
on people I interview and um, I'm always curious about what they might ask me if they don't have a chance to think about it and you haven't had a chance to think about it because I don't prep anybody for these interviews. If Think about the people listening. If you had a question for me, what would it be? Okay. Wow, you actually have thought about it. I, well, no, but I just, I know that this is a big thing. So we can talk about skill set and we can talk about um, all those things all day long and tracking and being consistent. But when it comes to like the busy career oriented men and women of our teams, the moms and dads that have full schedules with um, sports and activities and, you know, how do you convey to them that the time that they need to or would invest in this, that the work is going to be worth it. Like, how do you upfront? Um, I don't want to say convince, but educate. educate and convey that the work and time that they put into this is going to be worth it. Well, I do it two ways. One is I, I teach them about the concept of compressing and compartmentalizing the activity that matters. So I think one of the mistakes we make as sponsors with people early on is we kind of fire hose them with, you know, like a good example is your sponsor, may, maybe they still do it, but uh, wouldn't surprise me if they don't do it anymore. You know, sit down and let's put a hundred names on a list. Right. And so the challenge with that for a new person is that's overwhelming. They start thinking about, oh, my God, I got to call all these people. I don't have time to call these people. Um, where what I teach people to do is let's sit down and talk about who are the top 10 people. Not that you would love to have on your in your business because now you're prejudging them. But who are the top 10 people that if you just ask them to look, you know, they would. Mm, I like that. Right. Because what you want is a win for people. You want people to say, hey, I, went, I, I talked to the first 10 people and they said, okay, show me. Now you can't, you can't decide whether people are gonna get in or not. Like you've nailed that. You know, people are on their own journey and it's not for us to decide. It's not for us to even you know, try to close them or sell them on doing something. Yes, vision cast, yes, tell our stories, Yes, put it in the best light, but it's up to them as to whether or not it's a fit. What I want for a brand new person is, is the last thing I want is for the first five people they call to say, no, I won't even look, right? I want, I want yeses right out of the box. And I want them to have a clear, clean vision of how simple this business actually could be. So if you look at all the things that new people are asked to do, sign up for this, study this, watch this, go to this, use all these products, right? All the stuff, right? Well, there's really only two things that I think a new person needs to do. They need to have a profound product story. If they don't have one already, you know, I'm going to coach them to get one. For the next 30 days, you're going to soak in this stuff every night for an hour, right? Fill your bathtub with it, get in there and just soak in it. Whatever you need to do, drink a gallon of it a day, right? Snort it, do whatever you do, right? So at the end of 30 days, you can say, oh my gosh, look at me, right? You gotta have that. And the other thing you gotta have 
is you got to have a you got to have the person who wants to build they have to be reaching out to new people they have to be asking people to take a look but i think the way we coach most people to do that is that that takes i don't know like 10 hours a week 15 hours a week like don't ask me to do something that's going to take 10 hours a week or who's got that i don't have 10 hours a week but you know what i do have i have 15 minutes a day Mm -hmm. I have 15 minutes every day. And you might say, well, how are you going to build a business in 15 minutes a day? Well, this is, this is like the secret sauce. So how you're going to build a business in 15 minutes a day is you're going to call or message however many people you need to on your list, your short list. And you, you know, when you get done with the first 10, then we go for the next 10 and the next 10. And uh, you're going to call or message however many you need to to get at least one. Two would be great, but let's just start with one. One person to respond. I don't even need one person to say yes. I just need one person to say, sure, I'll look. Maybe I'll look, call me in two weeks. Or no, I'm not gonna look. Mm -hmm. And so you may look at that and say, well, how are you ever gonna build a business doing that? And I'll tell you how you build a business doing that. Because if you did 15 minutes a day for 90 days, if you just invited one person a day for 90 days, even 60 days, even 30 days, you, the new person, like if I was enrolling you, Wendy, if you just invited one person a day for the next 30 days, you will have invited more people to look at Yoli than 99.9. That'd be one out of a thousand. Nope. 99.95, mm. like one out of 5,000, maybe even one out of 10,000 people in Yoli have invited to look in the last 30 days, just one a day. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not saying one a day will build you a seven figure income, um, but if you can do one a day for 30 days, then now you're kind of in the habit and now you have momentum and now you figured out, wow, all I really need to do is invite, invite, invite. Now, is there more to do than inviting? Yes, but if you break the business into two pieces, the one piece is the piece that requires the person, you, me, the new person, to internally be motivated to take a risk to proactively carve out the time and call somebody and ask them to take a look. That takes 99% of the motivation to do the business. Yeah. Because if I do that every day, some people are gonna say yes, right? Yes. Now, if I'm looking to build a business and you, Wendy, are somebody that said, okay, I'll take a look, how much motivation does it take for me to carve out the time to show it to you? Nothing. Because now my activity is being driven by the demand of other people. If other people say, you know, if you take you, for example, okay, you, you Googled, you know, you call these people in, in Nebraska and you say, hey, I, I've been studying this. Uh, I want to I want to take a look at your business. Do you think they had to like get together with their coach and say, okay, you know, let's, 
let's affirm that if we talk to Wendy, you know, that maybe she'll say yes, and maybe this will work out, and oh my gosh, you know, I don't know if we have time to talk to her, right? No, they're like, boom, they're right there talking to you. Yeah. Everything that happens after the invite is demand-driven by the marketplace, by the prospect, by the new distributor, by the new customer, and that's easy to do. The so hardest great. part yeah. is that getting up for generating, generating the business, generating the possibility by doing the invite. And so the magic is to break it, break the business into two components. Component number one is the part that you actually have to get motivated for. And I want to make that the smallest piece of the business. I want to show you how you can do that in 15 minutes a day. Yeah. And then I'm going to ask you to pick one 15-minute block every day to do it. Don't fall in the trap of, I'm going to do it when I get time today. It never happens. Do it from 7.30 to 7.45 every morning, from 6 to 6.15, from 9 to 9.15 after the kids go to school, from 8 to 8.15 after the kids go to bed, right? Everybody has that 15 minutes. And if you lock in a block, they can get it done and it doesn't interrupt their life. And then bookend it with the four-year career, which is, hey, if you just build a business that pays you $2,500 a month, and it's coming from, you know, $2,500 a month is probably about, I don't know, four or 500 people on your team. You get four or 500 people on your team at four or five generations deep and in a real company with real products, with repeat business, and that $2,500 a month is residual income. You're being, you're being paid $2,500 a month from 250 people buying the product every month. If one of them quits, doesn't affect your income. If you don't do anything this month, it doesn't affect your income. Your income is split over 2,500 or 250 people mm -hmm. for your $2,500 a month. That makes it residual, rock solid asset income. And then I teach them because they don't know. What? is an asset worth that pays you $2,500 a month, whether you're you know, grinding and driving to build it or not. You know the answer to that, don't you? $2,500 a month as an asset is worth half a million dollars. <laughs> I don't know that off the top of my head. It's in here though. A million dollars. So how I, motivate people, Wendy, is to show them how simple it is in the beginning and what it's worth in the end. And the end is four, five, six, seven years of mm -hmm. exponential growth required to build that kind of asset. And then I simply ask them, what would it take in real life? What would you have to do in real life with all of the other options that are available to you to build up $500,000 worth of net worth in real estate, in stocks and bonds, in 401ks, in anything. What would you have to do? It's just not possible. Yeah. And so it's not, that, it's not that it's worth it to everyone, but the people that we're looking for, it's worth it to them. I like how you go from baby steps to big picture, like the bookends. Yep, it's, it's what you wanna do is paint the really big picture and then show them you can, you can launch this on 15 minutes a day. Yeah. And people talk to, they talk to people every day and they can find the windows of opportunity 
15 minute windows of opportunity to be um, consistent in reaching out. So yeah, I love that. I, I think that was uh, a big part of um, our success in the beginning is I just married life with the work that I was doing inside of Yoli. And to me, it felt all inclusive. And I just had my ears open for what people were saying and ready to offer a solution. Yeah, we can either be at church or the supermarket or at school. We can be talking about politics or we can be talking about, you know, corn prices or we can be talking about the weather. And, you know, those are normal things to talk about because they affect us, except they don't build, they don't do anything for our family, right? All they really do is probably irritate us because they're all things we can't do anything about. Mm -hmm. Instead of, you know, talking to people about all that kind of garbage, what we could be doing is asking them some very light curiosity questions where we actually get in a interesting conversation with them. And then, like you said, listen, listen. I, I, I think that too, um, if people can just fall in love with the, the opportunity to connect with the people around them, start with a compliment. I love your shirt. Where'd you pick that up? Oh, are you from here locally? You know, just start the conversation and then intentionally guide the conversation a little bit. Um, just to find out more about them. Just be curious and let it go where it goes. Well, Wendy Becky, you are a uh, phenomenal gift to our profession. I love your ethic. I love your company. I love your products. I love your team. I love your <laughs> culture. I love your philosophy. I love your courage, most of all, because you have immense courage to take on the things that you need to take on in life to better serve humanity. Mm, thank you, Richard. I love you and Kimmy, and I, I also love our team and our culture. So I'm so honored and humbled to just be amongst those others on your Hero Calls. Thank you. Thank Folks, you. signing off, this was Hero Call number 110. Uh, if you want to build your belief, if you want to build your vision, if you want to get it into your bones, make it part of your DNA, just study 110 success stories of who people were, how they saw it, how they came to believe it, how they went and executed it, and how they're enjoying the extraordinary abundance that exponential growth and network marketing will provide. Once you learn to believe that, the work is worth it. Thank you, Wendy. Thanks, Richard. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. If you are inspired and are ready to create your own success story, then it is time to take advantage of some of the top network marketing tools available. Pick up the top recruiting tool that has prospects saying, yes, the four-year career and the four-year career for women. Get your mindset right. Without a clear vision, success is lost. Check out the best-selling book on vision, Mach 2 with your hair on fire. Learn to think like a successful person with this step-by-step -step guide on how to break through your self-imposed limitations. Mach 2 Vision Training is a 90-minute four-part video training where you get Richard to walk you through crafting your vision. It's a must for anyone looking to step outside the box and hit the ground running. 
For 10% off your order, use the discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles. This success story is not typical. It is meant to inspire you and show you what's possible. It is not what you should expect to accomplish. Your income will depend entirely on you, your commitment, your work ethic, your leadership, and your ability to acquire customers and inspire sales leaders to join your team. Most people who start off intending to build a sales team do not maintain their motivation to continue.